the incredible Moses Leroy. 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 I'm not sure. On WPRK Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. And I'm here as I always am at 7 a.m. And I'm here with a special guest as I always am. It's a different special guest than before. Good morning. Today's guest is Haley Bischoff. Hello. Am I saying that right? Yes, you are. Okay. Get right up on that mic. Here I am. Ah, there you are. Hey, how's it going, Haley? It's going pretty well. We're old friends. And by old friends, I mean I'm old and I've known you for a while. Yes, that's true. So that's how old we are. Exactly. Uh, that's how old I am. But so we work together. Yes. Back in the day mm-hmm. at an agency. We probably shouldn't say the name, but it doesn't exist anymore. Correct. So we left and they folded. Yes. So I think that's just a clear indication of don't ever fire us. Yeah, that's We're true. essential. We kept that place up and running. For, for years after it probably should have been. Yes. Um, so let's not talk about them. Let's talk about you. Yes, let's. Okay. So we're going to talk about uh, Ad Agency World because yep. I want to talk to you about a little bit more about your experience within that and getting out of it, obviously. Uh, publications. You're with Bonnier uh, Publishing or uh, Bonnier Corporation. Bonnier Corporation. Thank yes. you very much. You're uh, Which is a publishing company, but, you know, you kind of have to be more than a publishing company nowadays if you're Correct. in we, magazines. We go by audience company now. Oh, okay. Yes. I don't know if that's official. I don't think you'll find it on our site, but internally we're going more toward, we're an audience company. We're not just a publishing breaking company. breaking news? Are we breaking news on my show? Sure. Oh, this is awesome. Yes, you that's heard it here first. Never Bonnier happened Corporation before. and audience company. <laughs> very nice. But let's get to know you a little bit better. So I know you a little bit. We worked together for about two years, but it's not like we became best besties. No. I think is how the kids say it, right? No. BFFs? Besties, BFFs. Yeah, I think that That was definitely not us. No. No. But we had a pretty good working relationship, I would say. I think so. I think you rarely yelled at me. This is how Um, I determine if it's a good working relationship. Do I get yelled at a lot? Okay. Do they throw things at me? And do they slash my tires? Wow. Okay. Well, by that definition, we were great working buddies. Yes, Yes. we were besties. Set the standard low. Exactly. And then, yeah, that's that's my M.O. Okay. Set the standard low. That's my M.O. Yep. I like to rhyme as well. Yeah. All right. So let's get to know you a little bit better. We're going to play 20 questions. Okay. So you have to answer whether you're for something or against it. Maybe we'll go into a little more detail about it. But basically, I don't make this easy by saying yes or no or up or down. This week, it's safe or sound. Okay. So if you like something, say safe. Because what's better than being safe? Like safety blanket, things are in a safe. Usually it's money. Okay. And that's awesome. You have safe crackers, which keep people employed. Right? Okay. Yeah, sure. Otherwise, where are they going to go? I don't know. They're going to be out of work. The work's going to go overseas. It's going to be terrible. Sound. Sound can be loud. That's true. It can be people chewing, which drives me insane. Oh, I yeah. cannot stand that. Yeah. Overall, let's just face it. Sounds, with the exception of the show, which you're listening to right now. Right. Sounds are terrible. Sounds are bad. Right. Okay. Okay. Great. Oh, I have to show you this. This is going to be a visual one. Uh, there's another visual one coming up. But <laughs> Always great for radio. Yeah. So Orlando uh, is getting a new flag. They actually have a design contest to replace this flag. Oh, that. That's good. Okay. Yeah, because it's a terrible, terrible flag. So if you go and look at Orlando flag, if you go Google that. uh, So this is kind of one they're using as an example. This is Chicago's flag. Okay. Chicago's flag. If you go to Chicago, I've been there. This is on everything. You could put this, you could take elements out of it. It's four red stars, two blue stripes, super simple. Sure. And it's really nice. Ours is almost looks like it was trying to show that we have not only trees, but Uh a fountain 
and some buildings. And we do have those things. We so. do have those things, but we don't have to show it in a flag. That's true. And we certainly just, not in animated like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> animated, that's a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. It does look like a cartoon. Uh, so the Orlando flag, how do you feel about that as it currently stands? And are you psyched about it being replaced? Okay, I'm going to go with sound as how it currently stands yeah. and safe for the reinvention because it's necessary. Nice. Yes. How about Generation X? So I think you're right on the cusp there. I actually played the song 1983 because I think that's around the time you were born. That's exactly when I was born. Okay, look at December that. December of 83, so toward the tail end of it. But okay. um, I am a fan of Generation X. Yeah. And I actually didn't really interact with them until I entered the workplace. I am Gen oh, so Y. Were, yeah, so you were millennial. Uh, I think by definition, technically I'm a millennial, but I identify as Generation Y. Okay. It's big difference in my mind. And my parents were boomers. So Generation X were kind of like the older siblings I never had. Uh, and, okay. um, you know, all my peers and my siblings, of course, were the same generation as I was. And parents, friends and relatives were boomers and beyond. So I'm, I'm a fan of Gen X. They're some of my favorite people. Okay, very good. Well, I'm glad oh, I that's could... safe. Did I get that right? Yes, okay. that's safe. Just want to make sure. That's also safe because I'm Generation X. So that makes me feel good about yeah. myself. Where do you stand on voicemail? Safe or sound? Ooh, sound. Don't yeah. leave me one ever, please. It's as soon as I see the number, I'll either call you back or I'll wait for you to message me. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. So, all right, good. How about colonizing Mars? Ooh, safe. I'm yeah. excited about that. You're excited? Do you want to go? I do not want to go, but I'm excited for other more adventurous people to go okay. and um, make a life out there. Plant I think a it's flag, really interesting. if you will. Plant yes. an Orlando flag. A flag that's much better than that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I sent you a picture of this. So we're doing another visual. Uh, if you haven't seen it yet, Orlando City's new home uniforms have oh, just yeah. been released. And what I love about them is that, as Orlando Weekly put it, they're business casual. That's true. So they have collars. Yes, you can and, hit the golf course. And the heather sort of purple, like the the with the flex in it, it looks really cool. I think so. Like, I think I could wear that to work. Yeah, I'm not huge you know, on the soccer scene. Um, is, are the collared shirts typical? I have never seen those before on the field. Okay. So off the field, yeah, I see them. You know, those are the, the I'm a fan. I want to wear the shirt to work. Uh, but it is, they're going to wear those when they're playing, is my understanding. Well, that way, way to go for them for being innovative. So I feel and classing like it up. I want to pop the collar. Like they should have a yeah. game every season where they should all just pop their collars. Well, yeah. And that would be great because then people can come and pop their collars and it could be a whole camaraderie thing. You can, I love it. Yeah. If yeah. you're listening, Orlando City, mm -hmm. we, we got you covered. Sure. Okay. Twitter. How do you feel about Twitter? Safe or sound? I like Twitter. Safe. Yeah. Yeah. What's the social media platform that you use the most? And what's the one you're like, oh my gosh, I can't believe this is out there. Hmm. So I would say I used Instagram the most, which is probably kind of not ideal right now because I haven't posted in a while. But in general, I use Instagram the most. I use Snapchat pretty often too. And um, is that just for talking with, you know, loved ones and friends and stuff yeah, like that. And it's just, you know, something to do if you're waiting in a line, just like, you know, snap what's going on. I don't know. It's what I like about Snapchat is it's not a social medium to be taken very seriously. It goes right. away. It's like when you're typically sharing on a one to one basis, maybe with a couple of people, but it's not necessarily well, with this, the exception of your story. It's not necessarily out there for the entire world to view. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Very nice. How do you feel about zombies? 
zombies. Um, okay. I love the show The Walking Dead, and that's the extent of it. I'm terrified of zombies otherwise. If okay, that so ever happens, safe, I'm a goner. Safe on pop culture, sound in real life. Yes. Okay. Even though Good. that's really backwards because I would not be safe in the event of a zombie outbreak. That is true. That's why yeah. it's safe for the pop culture part. It's safe it's, to watch them on the television that's where right. they cannot harm me. That's right. Or at least you think so. I know. Don't All make right. me think about that. All right. I won't. How about coffee? Coffee. Love coffee. Need coffee. Safe. So we have a lot of new coffee shops opening up. There's all these, you know, they roast it themselves and they're, I can't even remember what they call them, but the, you know, artisan coffee and all that stuff. How do you, can you tell a difference? Like, it's like wine, you know, with wine, I can't tell. Yeah. Any, I can tell skunky bad wine from good wine, but within the good wine family, I'm like, oh, this is good. I wouldn't say I have a super refined palate for it, but I'll get used to Starbucks or I'll get used to better higher end coffee. And then if I... I'm at, like, you know, either a doctor's office or um, a diner, and I'm like, ugh, this isn't good. Ah, so it. I only can differentiate when I'm forced to downgrade, unfortunately. <laughs> nice. All right, how do you feel about the safer sound driverless cars? Safe, and that's a good literal definition of safe because I would feel much more safe in a world with driverless cars. Oh, uh, where they're all driverless? Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. looking forward to that. And I'm also looking forward to, you know, getting all that time back that you spend driving. It's just, you know, right. you can listen to podcasts, you can listen to audiobooks, but beyond that, it's just... Well, you could read if you wanted to. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, While you're driving? You're not going to be driving. It's a self-driving oh, car. Oh, sure. Yes. In a yeah. driverless car. Driverless scenario. car. Yes. Yeah. You can actually read and be productive. Um, yes. That's, that's what I'm most excited about. And being safer without humans behind the wheel. Or take a nap. Yes. Even better. So we're still, I think, within the New Year's resolutions uh, time frame. So how do you feel about mm. New Year's resolutions? Um, I have mixed feelings about them. I don't really do them anymore. I guess sound for me personally, but I'm, I'm encouraging of those that do that just decide to make that the turning point and, um, you know, decide to commit to do one thing. The Lion King, uh, they just announced all these live action movies. The Lion King is one of them. I think John Favreau is coming back to uh, direct that. He did The Jungle Book, which oh. I was surprised to find how much I liked. I didn't and know they released information that James Earl Jones is going to be Mustafa again. But Donald Glover is going to play Simba. Aww. So how do you feel about the Lion King live action movie? Big time safe. I yeah. love The Lion King. It's my favorite Disney movie. It and, was um, a great one. That cast you just mentioned, I would be very excited about. So. All right. Very good. How about reading on a tablet? So you're in the publication world. Mm -hmm. Obviously, we're all going towards more electronic. You know, as much as I love having the artifact in my hand. Yeah. You know, it's much easier to get on the Kindle, on the iPad, on the tablet, whatever, on your phone, on your watch. Mm -hmm. uh, how do you feel about reading on a tablet? I like it. Safe. Yeah. Um, it's nice to throw your iPad in your backpack when you're traveling and just be able to have a bunch of books at your disposal. I don't know. Are you, are you, did you ever perform theater, do that sort of thing? I was in drama in high school, but that's yeah. the extent of it. I wouldn't say that I performed. Okay, so yeah. safe or sound musicals. Oh, safe. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of them, yes. <laughs> All right. I'm not a fan of being in them, but I appreciate them. Do you have a favorite? Do you have like a uh, maybe a favorite one or a composer that you really like? Um, big fan of Sondheim. Really liked Into the Woods. 
and mostly for nostalgic reasons, but um because you were in the woods once yeah yeah it was terrifying and i ran into all these weird fairy tale characters and, yeah, yeah yeah um okay so it's it's basically based on your experience yeah nice we can we can let's go with that <laughs> uh, sort of building on musicals because uh, la la land will be big this year at the oscars yes how about the oscars safe or sound safe i like to watch um award shows and things like that okay. i'm a fan um i haven't seen many of the movies this year though I want to watch La La Land, but I haven't been able to get my husband on board with the idea of seeing it. I don't know that he is as much of a fan of musicals as I am. Well, he's a fan of you, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, but, that's um, a good, that's a good, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I don't know that he, that wouldn't be his first choice. Right, right. Well, it's it's tough because you, you often think of the Oscars as... They're going to be okay, but you have a small child. Yes, I do. So you don't get out much. That's that's accurate. Certainly and, not to movie theaters. And it's expensive because mm-hmm. you got the babysitter. You're going to have dinner when you go out. You're going to do all these things. So you want whatever the experience is going to be to be pretty good. Yes. And there's no way to guarantee that. And if one of you isn't really on board for a particular movie or something like that, it's, it gets a little dicey. That's very true. And there are few instances when we're both equally as excited to see a movie that's in the theater. Almost always one of us is compromising at some level. Right, right. So other than comic book movies, you guys are like, Ugh, yeah, I don't know. Somebody's not into it. Exactly. But for both of you, comic book movies. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, how about on Netflix, Stranger Things? Oh, I like Stranger Things. I'm yeah. excited for the second season. Second season. I like most things on Netflix. Oh, all the original program. Mm-hmm. Do you watch any of the Marvel stuff like Daredevil? Oh, yeah. Or, all, oh, of okay. all of them. I would say. about the comic book movie yeah. stuff, but you're into it. Well, I'm more into the shows than the movies, actually. You, well, they're good. You get to actually build the universe. You get to, you know, really build the characters and all that. Yeah, exactly. I was a big fan of Jessica Jones. That was my favorite. That was a good one. Yeah, I'm looking forward to all of them coming back as uh, the one, the team together. Yes. That should be interesting. All right. How about cartoons? Cartoons. Yeah, I like cartoons. Safe. So, child of the 80s. Yes. More or less. But you also had the renaissance of cartoons in the 90s. So, all the Nickelodeon cartoons, all that other stuff. Absolutely. And now, of course, you have a small child, so you're going to get into cartoons again. Very much looking forward to that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I just want to watch something that doesn't make me think at all. Yeah. Please. So, you're good with cartoons in general. Did you have a favorite? We talked about Lion King, obviously, but that's movie. Cartoons are typically... The TV shows, the half hour. Yeah. Growing up, you know, being a child of the Nickelodeon era, I would say Doug was probably my favorite. Nice. I watched it recently. That is a weird show. It doesn't hold up. It doesn't. And I thought it it would. And I was looking forward to it. And I was like, what? Wait a minute. I think it's, you know, the the old like Warner Brothers cartoons kind of hold up, but they're incredibly violent. But what I find is it's the it's the animation. So if it wasn't well done animation and now it's so easy to do it with you know cgi and everything else and it looks smooth and it looks good right like i can forgive a lot in terms of the plot if it just looks good sure and looking back on it the ones that were really well done like the old batman the animated series great show well written everything animation is terrible i know it's hard animation is so cheaply done it's hard to look past that exactly our standards we're just so spoiled now i am very spoiled speaking of spoiled safer sound Drones. Drones, safe. Okay. I don't know how that has to do with spoiled, but because if they're bringing you food, you sure. won't have as much spoiled food. That's true. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking 
I was thinking drones in terms of more getting really cool aerial footage. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm also, always for the delivery of things through drones. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, too. Yeah. You know, same day delivery, Amazon. How about, you know, same 30 minutes? Right. That's 30 better. 30 minutes or less. Yeah. Sandwich. Talk about spoiled. Uber Eats. Oh, yeah. Sandwiches. Okay, so you hire a lot of people. Sure. At Bonnier, mm-hmm. or you at least are on the hiring squad. Yes. Ooh, that's a good idea. Yeah. That's for the a hiring squad. For the next comic book movie. Yeah, yeah, The yeah, hiring yeah. squad. The hiring squad. Uh, how about reviewing resumes, safe or sound? Uh, um, sound. It's just not a fun thing to do, but it's it's necessary and sure, sure. It's it's an integral part of the hiring process, and I am a fan of going through that whole process. But you know, just looking at one resume after after the next is not the best, most fun part of it. Okay, so let me ask you this: When you are reviewing resumes, if you see a typo or you see something that's just questionable, are you immediately like, boom, they're out? I, yes. You try to look past it, but you can't, right? I try to look past it, but it's in the back of my mind. And if everything else looks really great and I have a reason to look past it because they, you know, had a really you know great person, cover letter yeah. or, and, and, or yes, exactly. Yeah. They're, they're a referral for somebody else that can vouch for them. They'll have to, they're starting off at a little bit of a deficit, but most of the time it's, it's disqualifying. So on the other side of that, if they have a super creative resume cover letter, they try to make you laugh or they try to do something ridiculous. Um, it depends. I don't see that very often. Yeah. Um, few people will take a risk like that. Okay. Let me know when you have an opening. Cause I'm going to send you some resumes. That okay. Ridiculous. We have openings right now. So Perfect. feel free to go to the website Perfect. and I will say <laughs> the most ridiculous thing I've come across is somebody who, submitted their resume as a Word document and left all the track changes visible. No. Yeah, that was the biggest faux pas I've come across. And what was also pretty funny about that is that it was somebody else's resume that they just completely changed and like, oh my gosh, kept some of the same verbiage in terms of being attention to detail, the things that Mm -hmm. are, you know, standard, you know, but I um, I don't care to plagiarize. I'm really original all the time. Yeah, exactly. And then you can see the, the other, I'm like, well, that person looks really great. Though. Yeah, can I call him? <laughs> yeah, like his number is in red crossed out. Maybe maybe that person's available. Oh, that's true. So terrible. yeah, that, yeah, you're going to want to PDF those things. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> just some advice, some yes, life advice exactly. from Haley and Nick mm-hmm. on WPRK. Uh, so a couple more. Tiny houses. How do you feel about tiny houses? Tiny houses, safe. I like them. If you can maximize the space and I am a fan of not, using more than you really need because mm-hmm. you so. end up just filling it with other stuff yes 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 uh, so you have ha- a one-year-old so you're not going you're not moving into a tiny house anytime soon no no if anything you know we've been debating like do we get a bigger house now that we have a child and you know um and it's i, I kind of want to make the most of what we've got it you can yeah. find reasons to want sure. more space and but as soon as you get more space you just fill the space with things you don't need and you know, I'm I, I'm a fan of trying to stay on top of everything and, and make listen, sure. Don't let that baby make the decisions for you. Yeah, I, I'll, I'll start taking that advice yeah. now because <laughs> starting right now because that's not what I've been doing for the last two years. Yeah. Okay. Last question: Cobbler, the dessert, not the person in the shoes. Okay. Well, I'm a big fan of dessert in general, so mm-hmm. safe and it falls into that category. So it gets a thumbs up for me. I don't know what would be my preference, 
but um, yeah, it gets it's a dessert, so I'll take it. Safe. So then, cobbler or pie? Um, aren't they like pretty much the same thing? One's just that is a neater. question that's coming up. Yeah, quite often. So I'm trying to figure that out, but I'm not going to do any research on. It. I'm just going to keep asking. People. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, one is neater. One comes in triangular form. Sure. The other one is usually round. And it's just a mess of all and the it's things. Just, yeah, kind of mixed up. Okay, that's my impression of it. Yeah, if I, I had to pick, go, I'd go with pie. Maybe we should go immediately afterwards and try a couple of different types of pie and a couple of different types of cobbler. Yeah, so we can have a definitive answer. I like that. Yeah, we'll do a web video series about it. That sounds awesome. Pie or cobbler. I can't think. Burning questions. <laughs> Burning questions. <laughs> that's another uh, podcast idea. Yes. Well, thank you very much, Haley. I feel like I know you now. Great. Um, for those of you scoring at home, she got, uh, let's see, eight right. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm just kidding. I you got right. <laughs> There is no right or wrong. It's, you know, your opinion. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Haley, don't listen to me. Don't get me to validate your feelings. Okay. Thank you. Okay. All right. So we're going to listen to another song. We're going to hit some uh, Rilo Kylie here with Frog on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. From the album Under the Black Light, that was The Frug. And that's apparently a type of dance. Okay. Uh, my name is Nick. You're listening to a certain degree. I'm here with Haley Bischoff. Haley, what's your favorite kind of dance? My favorite kind of dance. I'm thinking Cabbage Patch. I'm more partial to the running man. Oh, nice. Nice. I just like to look like I'm having some sort of um, attack. Yeah. Yeah. That's sometimes. Which is not inaccurate when I'm dancing. No. Because usually I don't exercise much. So when I do start dancing, I start moving around because I like to move to music. Sure. Don't get me wrong. Who doesn't? No, no. Well, I mean, a lot of people don't. But, you know, I just start, you know, getting out of breath and then my heart palpitations kick in and then. Hey, yeah, man. Usually I'm falling over. You got to be you when you're on the dance floor. Yeah. Got to let just, it all out. You got to do what you want. So exactly. Speaking of being you. Yes. You and I met a long time ago working at ad agencies. Mm-hmm. And we both have since, I think we both transitioned from that ad, ad agency out of the that ad world. agency world. Mm-hmm. Still marketing to a certain extent. You never really stop marketing. Every position you're in, I found, has some element of marketing in it. Absolutely. And you went over to Bonnier Corporation. Yes, I did. Publishing company. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, you know, I started out sort of in publishing in the ad agency that I worked in. We did a lot of publishing, custom publishing, that sort of thing. And I love, I love magazines. Mm-hmm. I really do like to pick them up wherever I'm going. I like to be able to read them, but it's a hundred percent different than yes. where it was. Mm-hmm. So tell me a little about Bonnier Corporation and you guys, what you've done is really specialized yes. in terms of the magazines that you offer, especially here out of the Winter Park office. Absolutely. Yeah. So Bonnier Corporation is a special interest publishing company, audience company. And um, we have a bunch of brands that are really catered to enthusiast markets. So um, the brands that I work for out of the Winter Park office are really niche and mostly outdoor um, you know, we have brands like saltwater fishing and boating and flying, sailing, that kind of thing, wakeboarding, water ski. And what's great about that is that it's really high value in terms of the audience that we're able to generate. And we're able to partner with our clients in a way that is really specialized. And we're able to kind of do these next level marketing partnerships, which is mostly what I do at Winter Park at Bonnier. And, um, yeah, and that's like a good position to be in in terms of the industry overall. The the more niche the brand and enthusiast market, the better. So when you say your clients, you, you what would normally describe as or be described as your advertisers. Yeah. Yes. Advertisers. So, and this is another thing that's changed about publishing is 
there used to be a lot of publications mm-hmm. because that was, you know, typically the only way to get information, the only way to get your news. Yeah. Um, whether it was a newspaper or an actual magazine, they've since a lot of consolidation happened. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they, a lot of them tried to move over to the web, which has been a challenge for some publications. For some, they did okay with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, whether you have an app is a big question as well. Uh, but what you do is look for other ways that advertisers can have a meaningful relationship with the end user, the the reader. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So our brands are magazines, but there are also many digital extensions with social media, email, um, web, and we also do events. So what we do is really partner with our advertisers to kind of make the most out of all those channels and maximize the audience experience from all all facets. Like you said, it's much more than print now. What, what used to happen was people would walk to a newsstand and, hey, I think I want to get into saltwater fishing. What's this all about? Okay, so in case any 15-year-olds are listening... This is how things used to be. Exactly. Before the a internet, stand. you had to go into a store, into a building. You had to go outside and um, pick up a magazine. And that was kind of your entryway. Now you Google it. Now you go to the website. Now you um, kind of do your own research. So kind of understanding how those behaviors are changing and being able to adapt the content that we're offering to kind of cater to that in all the platforms that our audience now has at their disposal. So it's been an interesting challenge, both on the content side and on the marketing side, Mm -hmm. because on the content side, you know, you need to understand how your audience, your enthusiasts are learning about the activities and getting better outside of participating you know they're going to the websites they're engaging on social media and they're going to events and on the marketing side you know there's all these different opportunities that advertisers can really connect with the audience and make meaningful connections with outside of a print ad so that's kind of what it's all about on the marketing side seeing how all those extensions and experiences can come together in one cohesive way in a way that kind of maximizes the audience experience and the benefits that the client gets out by ma- gets out of it by making those connections. Well, and what I like about it is that, first of all, there's so much tracking now, right? Like I, I miss having just a magazine. I miss the simple life yes. of the <laughs> olden days. But at the same time from, I've been on both sides now. So mm-hmm. I've been trying to help people connect with their audience. I've been obviously on the audience side. Uh, but now I'm, you know, sort of a, a client. I would be an advertiser uh, working at Rollins College, mm-hmm. in the admissions department. And so what I appreciate is looking for those opportunities and having somebody at the organization that we're partnering with looking out for us. Yeah. So what's nice about it is all the data that you can collect as the uh, aggregator of content, for mm-hmm. lack of a better term, as this audience company. You have to be honest in what you're doing because you can come in and say, okay, here's exactly what happened based on what you did. And what's nice about it is sometimes you have to give some bad news, I would imagine, and say, well, you know how that ad you thought was going to be really effective because and you didn't take our recommendation by doing this. Here's what happened. Yeah, yeah. And it's also looking for the opportunities and how we can tweak campaigns to make them perform that much better. And it's an interesting situation we're in because we can consult with the clients and we know our audiences and how they're going to react to certain messaging. And um, we can give them feedback in in terms of things like their creative or which channels that they want to participate in. But ultimately, you know, they're going to want what they want. Mm -hmm. And 
you know, we, so we kind of toe the line of being that consultative partner while also fulfilling, you know, their, what, what they're looking for out of a media campaign. Right. Because ultimately you're both looking for the same thing. You're looking for their success. Cause then on your end, They'll continue to advertise. They'll continue to partner with you. And yes. they'll continue to connect. Of course. And the best marketing campaigns also provide value to our audiences. So if we're telling our audiences about a new product that exists that didn't exist before or, you know, a new brand brand campaign, that's all valuable information to a really targeted audience. So our what we try to do is make the best of both worlds, have it be a really strong have it be a really strong impression for our audience and then also have it be effective for our clients. So taking a step back from it, Bonnier Corporation, uh, the Winter Park office at least, and I think overall has really focused on its audiences in terms of the content, in terms of specialized magazines, that sort of thing. What do you see going on? Because you have to be up on what's going on in the publishing world, right? In mm -hmm. order to do this effectively. What is going on in publishing in general? So in general, it's, like kind of like you said, a lot of consolidation. Um, what's happening on the web is pretty crazy in that um, a lot of advertisers at a large scale are looking for the most eyeballs as possible for the lowest price. So that's turning into a bit of a commodity overall. What's strong about our position is the fact that we have such small audiences and really strong partnerships like you know, our saltwater fishing brands, for instance, we have an aggregated audience of really avid anglers and our clients will be saltwater boat manufacturers. So it's a really specific client and a really specific audience. So we kind of stay away from the crazy large scale media campaigns that are kind of you know, challenging the industry. And yeah, exactly. And like you said, commoditize it. Right. Like they're looking to sell boats. They're not looking to, you know, just get one more, um, you know, through. Yeah, exactly. So there's only a certain amount of people that would buy a saltwater fishing boat in the first place. And by, by being able to aggregate a really high value of audiences, audience of people who are likely to buy it, then we're able to, you know, make these marketing partnerships beyond just like a, large scale banner campaign and maybe they see it, maybe they don't, maybe they click through, maybe they don't, but it's more of a, you know, meaningful connection. So moving over to the electronic side is what are you seeing there in terms of the interaction of the, the mobile platforms? Do you have websites for, obviously you probably have websites for all mm -hmm. of the magazines, but have you all moved into app development as well? Do you do like the cool looking movement in the app, you know, that sort of thing to, it, it just makes people interact a little bit more, right? Yeah, we do some of that. What's tricky about apps is that we're already talking about such small audiences in the first place with these niche enthusiast activities. Oh, yeah. So that when you when you put an app out there to get an even smaller fraction of those people to download the app, it just ends up, you know, not being totally worth the time and effort and the cost that's associated with it. So we have an app that you can like compare boat models and things like that. Um, and that's a little bit of a larger scale play, but we kind of moved away from app development internally. Now, if we partner with a client that's specifically looking for one for a bigger sure, sure. reason, we'll, we'll make it happen. But for the most part, it, you know, we, we don't have an app for every single brand because it just, you know, wasn't worth the time and effort and energy. We, did used to and, and we still do like use them for digital replicas for people that want to read the magazine on a tablet just 
the same as it would have been in print, just on a, on a tablet. And that's the extent of it, though. So we've talked a little bit about the diversification of the content distribution. So mm -hmm. you have the magazine, which you just used to have the magazine. Mm -hmm. Now you have the magazine and web, potentially an app, potentially other things and other ways to get out there. But the industry itself, the publishers have been diversifying as well. So they're doing a lot more. You see it uh, with the Orlando Weekly, taking a local uh, example of that is the Orlando Weekly just did the big chili cook-off mm -hmm. festival. So they, they do events. Um, and they do other things. What are some of the other things that you all are looking at or doing to make sure that uh, you know, you're still relevant moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. So events are a big focus for us. We acquired an events company um, back in 2015 that don't have um, magazines attached to them. They're just pure event um, extensions. So that's been a focus for us. There's a lot of value there. I'm talking even more small audience because it's a local audience or, um, you know, it's specific to that one, that one, um, event, but events is a big focus company-wide there. You know, we're looking at things like licensing and, um, agency services. So trying, you know, we have our, um, Irvine office that started its own, pretty much ad agency within the company where they will serve as creative development, media buying, and um, just work with clients to essentially serve as their, their ad agency. So mm -hmm. that's interesting. So is that another way you see the industry going is there, it's just going to keep getting bigger in terms of what they do or the, the things that they offer? Yeah, I think, like you said, there are some new extensions that, um, are worth looking into in order to see how we can maximize resources and stay relevant. But I think ultimately focus is going to be what is going to be the best thing. There's, there's a lot of different opportunities with the resources and audiences that we have to be able to, to try new product extensions. So magazines, paper, I can still get them. Yeah, absolutely. That'll and be around for the near future. I think so. Will I don't think print's going to go paper? away. Will we have some smart paper that actually just changes? That like would be great. From one month to another. Like like it's just, basically a tablet, but it's still in paper but form. But it's still paper. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. you know, for the people that want the that? nostalgia of print, but all the technological advances yeah, of a yeah, tablet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Bad business idea. We're going to work on that. <laughs> That's good. Next. All right. Well, let's play a song and then we're going to come back with a pop quiz. Thank you for letting me know what's going on in the publishing industry. Yeah, you are welcome. And uh, I'm happy to hear that it's still going very well. Very well. We're going to hear from the Airborne Toxic event to the graveyard near the house. That actually is not a very happy song. Let's, let's, it doesn't let's, sound happy. Else. How about Iron and Wine with Cinder and Smoke? That, that sounds, sounds much happier. Much happier on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. So if we were to play that as a 20 questions game, it would be Cinder... Or smoke. Ooh, which would be the good one and which would be the bad one? The good one is always the first one. Oh, okay. Yeah, no matter what. Gotcha. So peanut butter is good. Jelly is bad. Batman is good. Robin is bad. Tom is good. Jerry is bad. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. It's very confusing. No, I mean, it checks out. Well, a lot of people argue. Like, a lot of people think jelly is better than peanut butter. And I'm like, no, jelly is fruit blood. I would argue with those people back because yeah. peanut butter is clearly superior. Ooh, sorry, I'm getting all riled up. I know. Haley Bischoff is here on To a Certain Degree. My name is Nick. Haley, thank you again for being here. You're welcome. We've got uh, just a few more minutes before the break, so we're going to do a quick pop quiz, and then we're going to play another song, do some commercials, bad miss ideas, all sorts of stuff coming up, but right now let's focus on the now. Right. Pop culture. Present. Current event. Local quiz. 
All right, let's do it. Okay, I was waiting for that. <laughs> okay. Germany, are you familiar with the, the, the country? country? Yes. yes. Okay, Germany has banned a children's toy because of safety concerns. What was the toy and the specific concern? So was it A, a Wi-Fi enabled doll that has a camera, can answer questions by searching the web and might be susceptible to hacking? B, a drone that takes off and lands on your head leading to bad hair days and Van Gogh syndrome? Or C, a line of Nerf guns that can be easily modified to shoot tranquilizer darts? Oh, I'm gonna guess A. Yeah. Okay. So the doll's name is Kayla and it's essentially the toy version of Siri, right? So you ask it questions, it looks stuff up on the web and then it answers and it's creepy doll talking style. Oh, that sounds terrifying. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. And uh, Germany's federal network agency, which is like their sort of their FCC, put the kibosh on it because it could very easily be hacked. It's Wi-Fi enabled. You're looking stuff up. There were concerns in the U.S. as well. It hasn't been distributed in the U.S. because basically the questions that it's asking you to learn more about you so that it can answer your questions better are stored on a central server somewhere. Oh, okay. So basically everything you tell the doll is stored somewhere. Gotcha. Great. Yeah, I want that. Yes, yes. And yeah. you'd want that hack too. Uh, Scary. Bring me back Teddy Ruxpin. I know. Some... I actually was terrified of ter Teddy well, Ruxpin as well. It's, it's an awful thing. It's a terrible idea. It certainly scared the bejesus <laughs> out of me as a child. All right. So a small town, 25 miles north of Amsterdam, is concerned about Amsterdam. Sorry. I didn't want to swear, so I said So when Amsterdam. you said this was local, that was not Oh, accurate. there is one local oh, okay. question. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, small town, 25 no miles north of Amsterdam, is concerned about safety, uh, the safety of distracted pedestrians. So that is people who were walking around. I'm familiar with that Smartphones, term. right. What are they doing to help prevent accidents? Are they, A, issuing tickets and fines to people who aren't using a hands-free system while walking? B, inst installing uh, lighted pathways in the street at busy intersections. So if you're looking down, you can actually see if you should be walking or not. Or C, hiring bullies to walk around and smack phones out of people's hands. Oh, man. Those all sound like they would be very effective. Yeah. So I think they should explore all of those options. Um, but what is this particular? I wish I'd written down the name. I probably couldn't pronounce it anyway. But in uh, the Netherlands, what are the Dutch doing? What are the Dutch doing? I, I'm, I'm going to guess A again. That seems like the most reasonable thing to do. They're issuing the tickets and yeah. fines for people. Actually, that was something that was proposed here in the U.S. They're actually installing the lighted The pathways. lights, okay. Yeah, which I think is complete overkill. I mean, you're really yeah. doing a lot to prevent a few injuries. Now, I mean, I guess they're not going to fight the battle. If you're going to be looking at your phone, you might as well. Um, right, we might as well keep you safe. So I was looking into the numbers to try to figure out, okay, is this really like I've seen people trip and it's kind of funny, it, of especially when it's your friends or someone, you know, the National Safety Council here in the U.S. estimates there were 11,000 injuries uh, because of distracted walking between 2000 and 2011. So we don't have like recent data. Sure. But. I was thinking, you know, it's probably gotten better though, right? No, 2000 to work. 2005, 2006, 2007. What were we distracted by? Like you couldn't do anything on your phone. Yeah. Back then. So um, I don't know. I don't know. So your own thoughts. Probably, the 11,000 was probably in the last, you know, part of 2011 or something probably. along those lines. Okay. So sell by labels. Are you familiar with sell by labels? Yeah. A little kid probably looking at those now a little bit more than you used to. I'm sure your husband doesn't on look food, at those yeah. at all. Just drinks whatever's there or eats the same way. Uh, the Food Marketing Institute and the Grocery Manufacturers Association, the two largest trade groups for food manufacturers, basically in the grocery industry, are calling on the manufacturers to use only two descriptors. So there's like 
10 different descriptors out there. No one knows what they mean. Sometimes they just put a date on there. Does that mean it's, you can't use it after that. You can use it after that. So what are the two that they're recommending to be industry standard? Is it A, buy more after and don't take a chance. B, if it's iridescent, don't eat it. And does it smell like feet? Or C, use by and best if used by. I'm hoping it's C. Yeah, Those it's other totally two C. Do, do not seem safe, I'm though. Really hoping, it, you know, it, and they're they're hoping too that it clears up all the confusion about this. So, technically, the only thing that manufacturers are supposed to put some sort of use-by label on is baby formula. Mm-hmm. That's it. The rest is completely voluntary. Um, and even the baby formula, it's not because it's going to go bad; it's because the nutrients aren't as effective right. after time. And so, it's really, you know, many cases a ploy to get you to throw it out. Right. And buy more. So what they're hoping is if this becomes a little bit clearer, it's more consistent. Um, and then what will happen is it also saves about 400,000 pounds of waste every year. Wow. Yeah, because people are just throwing stuff out because they think, sure. oh, this is expired. Last one. This is the local one. Mm-hmm. So there. All right. Disney is looking to move people around their properties in different ways. And recent permits they filed uh, may indicate they're working on what type of guest transportation system. So is it A, Star Wars speeder bikes, B, Iron Man shoe jetpacks, or C, an aerial gondola system? Interesting. I'm going to go with A, but man, I wish it were B. Uh, it's actually C. It's the gondola system. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Cool. And I want speeder bikes. You, you know me. Yeah, especially so, Star Wars themed. I guess that was, I was hoping that would be the answer too. <laughs> Do you remember the Skyway ride? Do you remember they actually had a gondola at Disney World? I don't. It was connecting Tomorrowland and Fantasyland. And eventually, you know, structurally, those things are pretty hard to keep up. Sure. So they closed that down in 1999. And now they're bringing it back. Uh, yeah. So there's a lot of questions. Uh, the Orlando Business Journal did a really good job covering it in terms of like the questions. Like, what about safety for this sort of thing? How mm-hmm. do you get up there? Will it be air conditioned? Well, so that is a big concern. I don't think of air conditioning when I think gondolas. Well, if I'm up there and it's August, yeah, I'm going to want to be air conditioning. It's kind of like the Orlando High if I'm just moving slowly around. Right. I want some air conditioning. All right. So that's it. You did very well. I think you got uh, 50%. Oh, yeah. That's enough. That's good. That's passing for this. Okay. I'll yeah. take it. Basically, if you get one out of four, you're passing. That sounds great. So you did double that. Yeah. You're double passing. Flying colors. Nice job. Thanks. All right. So we're going to play a song and we're going to come back with bad business ideas. So let's play some, how about some Madeline Peru? That sounds lovely. All right. Don't wait too long on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Nora Jones on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Turn Me On. And starting off that set before the commercials was Madeline Peru with Don't Wait Too Long. Hey, good morning. Hi. Hi. Hey. I was talking to the people who were listening. But you were looking at me. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah, I could see how you'd be confused by that. Good morning. My name is Nick. You're listening to a certain morning. degree. I did it again. Oh, oh man, Haley. Sorry. Haley Bischoff is here. My very special guest, Haley Bischoff. Former coworker, kind of friend. Yeah. Like, this is the first time we've probably talked in six years. But it's true. So we're still very friendly. We still Absolutely. had Besties, very, I think very similar experiences. So UCF, mm-hmm. Rollins College, yep. uh, MBA. Uh, publishing industry, ad agencies, the whole nine yards. Yeah. I mean, we're basically the same person. Basically. If we weren't in the same room right now, Ooh. I would wonder, yeah. are we the same person? Well, yeah, I've, that, that's, <laughs> now I'm really tripped out. Yeah. Okay, good. 
we're going to do a segment called Bad Business Ideas, which will possibly trip you out even more. I do this every week with a guest. So two ideas. Okay. There's one winner you have to pick. Ooh, okay. And you can help me. You can help kind of walk through and talk through some of these options and some of the things. Yeah, it may have ways to improve some of these ideas. You may want to run with both because I don't know if I mentioned this. You're going to run with one of these. Oh, okay. So by picking a winner, you're legally obligated now. How exciting. on the show to take one of these and just do it. Sounds good. I'm Great. very excited to run my own bad business. Thank you for yeah. setting me up for this. Well, I'm sure you have your own bad business ideas, but this will just get you started. That's true. Because you know what? The, the thing is, your first bad business idea may not be successful. Your next bad business idea should be. Okay. Because of all that you learned. Of course. But I'd really like for this one to be successful because since I'm invested in it. Sure. In the sense that I will be a silent partner and won't do anything. Okay. Okay. But you got me started, so. Great. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. Haley, may I call you Haley? Yes, please. So we talked a little bit about ad agency world, right? We're both from it. We both dealt with it for a long time. We both got out of it. Let me just take you back there for a second. Oh, great. Setting a scene. You have a client. You've worked with this client and you have a great ad campaign mm -hmm. and you're ready to run with it. And you're presenting the, uh, the media plan for it. And what's the biggest challenge usually around this time that you come across with a client? Budget. Budget. And one of the things about the budget is they want to do is the client or someone high up says, oh, you know, it'd be great if you did this station or this magazine, because I read it. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there going, yep, you're not my target market at all. Sure. You own the company. I'm sure you're not going to buy this product in any way, shape, or form. You have all these ideas. You have to hit these goals. And they're telling you, yeah, but we need to do this as well. Mm -hmm. We have a solution. Sometimes you can't put a billboard outside their house, right? Right. Sometimes you can't necessarily advertise and feel good about it on that radio station that they listen to. And you don't want to sponsor an event they're going to attend because that's going to be completely useless. I want you to take that budget as, as the ad agency. You're going to waste this money or not waste it, but it's not going to be as effective as it could. Right. Take that budget, take 25% of that, and you're going to pay that to us, this okay. new company called Surround Sound. We will hyper, hyper target just that key client stakeholder or stakeholders. So what we're going to do is hire actors. We're going to find out. We're going to stick them out. We're going to hire actors and go to the coffee shops where they hang out at. Okay. We're going to figure out, we're going to break into their car and insert something that'll play our ad. Sure. Whenever they're listening to anything, they could even be listening to a CD and we'll play our ad. Right. On that. So for a fraction of the cost, you still get a bunch of money in the budget. Right. To do what you want to do. And we're going to have, so the actors are going to come behind them in the coffee shop. Hey, did you hear that ad? The great ad for that company. And like, I'm not good at this, sure, obviously, sure, yeah. but yeah, that sort of thing. So surround sound, they're going to talk about the billboard they just saw. They're going to talk about all this stuff. So as the ad agency, you still get to do what you wanted to do in the first place, which right. is the campaign, an effective campaign. The client hears the stuff or hears about it. So, cause they're, I mean, you can send them tear sheets. You can send them recordings, of the ads, but if they don't hear it in context, right. they feel like it's not happening. Sure. And clients out there, I know you're listening. <laughs> that's what you're guilty of. So what do you think about that one? I like the idea of the concept for sure. You get to trick the client, if mm -hmm. you will, and also have the budget to do what you know will be in the client's best interest. So there's really no victim. Um, there might be some, I, I, there might be some flaws with that in that, mm -hmm. um, you know, if the client's listening 
to the radio station, they're going to want to hear their spot. And I don't know how you might be able to hyper target in that scenario. Oh, yeah. So if we insert, like, let's say there's some sort of chip or something we insert in their radio. So we have to do a little beanie. So it cuts out for a second and then your voice goes in and it's like, hey. No, the commercial (laughs) actually plays. Yeah. Yeah, literally, like even if they have a CD in, we'll figure out a way to cut to the commercial. Okay, that also sounds expensive, but I like that workaround. Okay, let's let's go with this then. How about holograms? Oh, okay. Let's get some holograms in there as well. Yes. So we can hologram some billboards on their drive. I like that. So they can see it. Also sounds expensive. Yes. But again, depends on your budget. If it's only 25% of this make-believe budget, right? we might be able to do it. I think so. Yeah. And then what about um, analytics and when, you know, you want to show the performance of everything and, oh, how many people tuned into that radio station this morning? Oh, that is something I didn't think of. Yeah. Yeah. So that might be a... We can I work guess, through that, though. I guess if the CEO... I mean, if we're this... lying in the first place, then you just make that up, too. Right? <laughs> I like, I like how you're coming across. This is the, this is the essence of a bad business idea. Okay. Is that slippery slope. Yes. Oh boy. Okay. All right. So that was idea number one, surround okay. sound. Are you a foodie? Of course. Do you like food? Love food. Okay. Do you like going to the new restaurants and figuring out what's good and what's out there? Like, oh, I'm going to try Hunger Street tacos and I'm going to try seven Yeah. I like, and- I like going, but knowing it's going to be good before I get there. I'm, I, I'm, don't want to be the one to experiment. I will read the reviews. I will go in and help. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, good. And but you also like you know the old classics like Beefy King or V Garden sure. or all of those guys that are uh, out there. Uh, what's the biggest difference between awesome food place and fast food place? What's the biggest difference between- besides the Food is quality of obviously food. awful. Well, fast food chains design their food for travel, right? Like yes. it's designed to come in a paper sack and you take it home and you could eat it two hours later. It's probably going to taste about the same, maybe a little bit colder. Yeah. But with the good places, whether it's Beefy King or whether it's Hunger Street Tacos or any of the new places that are out there, you, they don't design it that way. That, you know, it doesn't necessarily it still taste wonderful, I'm sure. But I don't like to travel with that food. I don't like right. to get it delivered. I don't like to get the takeout. Like I have to almost eat it there mm-hmm. because it's not going to do well. I want the food at its peak season, for lack of a better term. Yeah. You know, like kind of like vegetables and fruit, I guess. I don't really eat fruit or vegetables. But I want that experience at home. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes I don't want to be at the restaurant. I don't want to wait in line. I don't want to wait for a table. I don't want to do all that. So how do we get there? There's a ton of food delivery options. But again, whether I pick it up or Uber Eats picks it up, it's still going to be potentially soggy. It's still going to have all blended together. It might be a little bit cold. So, do you remember, uh, this is just after you were born, so you may not, the McDLT? I do not remember that. So, this was a concept uh, that was in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s. Uh, McDonald's was trying out a hamburger with uh, vegetables on it, lettuce, tomato. They didn't really do that. But what they said was their gimmick was it was a two-sided styrofoam carton that sealed up on both sides. One side was bun, lettuce, tomato. The other side was the other bun and the hamburger. So, the cool side stayed cool and the hot side stayed hot. Okay. Didn't really work. They went away from using styrofoam. So they ended up discontinuing that line and it's McDonald's. So they can right. smash it all together. Yeah, yeah, be yeah. Fine. Uh, but, you know, no one, Haley, picked up on that concept from there. They hmm. just like, let's just do paper, get rid of styrofoam. But this idea that you have a container that's built around whatever it is that you're doing, whatever food you're trying to take away. Yeah, that seems like a good concept. Yeah. Breakout to Takeout oh. is a new product that we're going to invent that gives you the best takeout experience possible for maybe several extra dollars. Mm-hmm. 
So think of it as a 3D printer. We build out like a sandwich version of this box, a taco version, a deep fryer one. You order, the restaurant puts all the ingredients into it. You take that box home and then it starts shooting out whatever it is that you ordered. Oh, man. Yeah, like the tacos, the sandwich, just anything you want. Now it'll have to be customized a bit, right? The BP King version might be, it'll have a steamer. Okay. It's a steam sandwich. Mm -hmm. And then the deep fryer might have different settings for tater tots versus spring rolls. All of that's super easy. I, I trust you to figure all of that out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let's Traveling talk, appliances. Let's yeah. Okay. Let's talk cost. I did some research. You can reasonably expect each of these uh, restaurant in a box, if you will, to cost hundreds, if not thousands of dollars. And that's not even research and development. Like, that's just hard costs of, mm -hmm. of building them out. Uh, the lawsuits from when we tested malfunctions, it shoots like a hamburger at somebody's face, oh, something right. along those lines. Um, it's going to be expensive. It sounds expensive. So how do you charge for it? You pass that along to the consumer. Right. Do exactly. They, That's why I was. they want to enjoy their fresh food at fresh home? You got to pay the price. Yeah. So it might be. So let's say it's a sandwich from Beefy King, some tater tots, you know, six, seven, twelve dollar meal mm -hmm. plus seventy five dollars for the thing that you're renting, by the way. Oh, you, you don't have even to return get to keep it. The, uh, again, well, you have sure. to return it because we, the next person might want it. Yeah. So break out the takeout. Mm hmm. That's the second idea. Okay. So we've got surround sound. Oh, do you have any questions on break out the takeout? No, I mean, well, let me just recap to make sure that I understand it correctly. Oh, sure. Essentially, we're talking about delivering food that comes with the appropriate appliance to keep said food cold or hot or cooked appropriately. Yeah, so might that, even prep it all together. So that by the time it arrives at your door, it is as good, if not better, than it would be if you were at the restaurant. I like everything about what you just said. I think you hit it. I think, yeah. Just consolidate that eleva elevator pitch and we're good to go. All we got to do is figure out how to make some of those costs pencil, which I think might be a tall order. But Oh, um, I like what you did there. Yeah. Tall yeah, order. Exactly. Because it's restaurant related. Mm -hmm. Nice. And then um, I think that that's our winner. That might be the new name for the company, by the way. Oh, yeah. Tall Over the breakout. The, mm -hmm. Yeah. Breakout the takeout was really long. Yeah, that's and true. And Boto is, doesn't really make any sense. But breakout the takeout rhymes, and I'm a fan of rhyming, yeah. as we talked about earlier. Did we? Yeah. You said something about things rhyming earlier. Sure. Some kind of a callback. That sounds like something call back. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I'll try to remember what that was. The callback always works when the other person has no recollection of it yeah, whatsoever. I have a recollection of the concept. I know that it rhymes, but it's eluding me what exactly that rhyme was. But I like breakout the takeout and tall order. Well, we'll Okay, but that's it. the winner. That's I, the one you're running with. Yeah, that's the one. Um, 3D printing food thing. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I do think there really is something to a better solution to keep good food good until it gets to your house. Mm -hmm. Because you're right. It's never as good. What we're talking about is pretty complicated. Yes. I wonder if there's another version of this where we go back to the McDLT mm -hmm. and say, what was what worked about this and try to do it that way. So did it did it actually work and no, it no. just got scrapped because of weird. the um well they went away from styrofoam because so that, that was the yeah. big thing so save costs mm -hmm. um because the styrofoam was expensive but the the way that the packaging you can look this up if you just look up mcdlt on uh the google and i will you should mm -hmm. and uh basically what happened was the package was still connected like there was still air that could go from the cool side to the hot side so Everything would end up kind of lukewarm. Oh, okay. So it end. didn't really do it what didn't it didn't really do what it was supposed to gotcha. do. So 
yeah, you could figure out a way to to complicate it a little bit more and you'd be fine. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We'll work it out. Okay. Well, that's good. So let's play another song and we'll come back with some, uh, uh, we'll talk a little bit about music. Okay. We'll talk a little bit about college. Yes. We'll talk a little bit about uh, something else. Yeah. That all sounds great. Great. And I'll remember what that rhyme is. (laughs) Very good. You're listening to a certain degree on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. This is G-Love featuring Ben Harper and Mark Broussard with Let the Music Play. I'm here with Haley Bischoff. Good morning, Haley. Good morning. So we've talked about a lot of different things. We've talked about the publishing industry, your role at Bonnier Corporation, some bad business ideas. But what I wanted to talk about now is a little more fun is music, mm-hmm. basically. So, you know, what I ask all my guests is, you know, what's your favorite band? Who's your favorite artist? Some people are 100%. They go in one direction. They know exactly who that person is. One direction? One direction, okay. always. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, some people don't really have one to the point where they don't even want to pick. Um, I've had a guest on where, you know, she didn't want to commit to one band, one artist, one musician. So I phrased the question in terms of like, well, what gets you going? Like you want to, you just want to, you got to work, you got to do something and you just want something to get you going. It was actually movies for her. It was John Cusack movies mm. for her. So you had a long list, yes. relatively speaking. I'm of, one of those. I can't pick one. I just right. can't do it. So, but what it was interesting because we could talk about artists that you like, mm-hmm. uh, but what you were, what the way you interpreted the question was who out of the artists that you like had a good strong, consistent career. Yes. And who had a strong, consistent presence throughout the course of my life that has found a way to be relevant to me and resonant throughout my existence. Right. So you had uh, your top three were Dashboard Confessional, Green Day and Bruce Springsteen. Yep. So one's kind of the gamut. Yeah, a little bit. So Bruce Springsteen, I was I grew up with it and I've always appreciated the talent and just the theatrics that go along with his music and the performances dashboard confessional really hit me hard at the adolescent age and caught um, you the right time right time exactly and i just never stopped listening to to that band and it's always um one of my go-tos for sure are they still around oh yeah they were just on tour um though they're on tour currently they were in tampa last thursday oh did you go no hashtag motherhood (laughs) so um gotta gotta pass on those you know some of those the weeknight concerts that are an hour drive do you find that their new stuff still hits you as much as the old stuff or is it you know it still gives you a little bit of nostalgic feeling you still like supporting the band but it's just not as impactful yeah i love pretty much every album and i would say their older stuff is a little bit has more of that nostalgic factor and i would gravitate toward that a little bit more but i really appreciate just everything that band has to offer through and through so nice yeah and then where does green day fall because they're kind of they are a little bit between the two right green day is a little bit of an older band yeah yeah um that was another band that hit me at a good time when i was young from elementary school all the way up to pretty much present day and I just really love that band. I think they're great. American Idiots is one of my favorite albums ever. And just it's one of those things where their career and their whole discography, I'm saying that right, um, really. I think it's discography. Oh, OK. Got it. Discography. Discography. Yes. All of it just, you know, really lined up with, you know, my life and everything that like pretty much every album has 
has been um, in my life at some point. So when do you listen to music? Is it at work? Is it just in the car? Is it to drown out the cries of your son? You know, you're trying to sleep. Well, it's funny. Music to me isn't so much of a background thing. Like I put on music and I just get into it. If I do put it on in the car, but you know, I'll sing and I'll, you know, really experience it. I can't really just put it on at work and have it be background noise. No, it's distracting. Um, I will much prefer to just like put it on and have that be music time. Okay. So do you do anything like when you're working and you're either being creative or you're being productive? Do you have anything going on in the background or is it just normal background noise? Yeah, my thoughts are plenty of background noise, but Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah. telling and frightening. No, they're great thoughts, great creative thoughts. Uh-huh, um, uh-huh. I'm trapped <laughs> in a basement with this woman. Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's good. It's good. I I prefer to just <laughs> focus and not have have it on. Every once in a while, I'll give it a try, and then I'm like, nope, can't do it. So even like just classical music or something like that, you can't have it on in the background. I probably could, but that might make you fall asleep a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, okay. we'll we'll leave you alone with your thoughts. Thank you on that one. Uh, live music is it something that you know you have to see? Obviously, you missed the concert dashboard confessional, but is it something that is important to you? Do you really enjoy going to concerts? That sort of thing. Yes, I love it. I love going to concerts. Um, all those bands I've seen multiple times, and um, it's. It's the best way to experience music for sure. So how do you find new music then? How do I find new music? Um, It's funny. I'm starting to become one of those old ladies that just listen to the same stuff that they've always listened to. But I don't think that's it. That's not necessarily an age thing. So I think that I think there are people who like I always think of it as my past experience. I worked in a couple of music stores and then I worked at a couple of radio stations and what happened to me was I just got music ADD. Yeah. Right. Like I'm listening. I had to listen before my show. I had to listen to a bunch of different songs and a bunch of different CDs. So I never right. had time to listen to stuff at that point. And I got to a point where I can't listen to albums anymore. Yeah, the same. And, um, you know, now it's that much more difficult because I, like I said, I listen to audiobooks and podcasts and that kind of takes up a lot of the real estate that was formerly dedicated to music. Yeah, I. it's funny because I remember growing up and my dad would only listen to oldies and things like that. And I was like, when does that happen? When do you stop listening to what's current and just stay like, you know what, this is my cutoff. I like everything here and mm-hmm. before that and that's it. And I'd like to think that's not happened, but it's kind of starting to a little bit. But, you know, I will become a aware of new music through Mm -hmm. friends and through, I mean, some things are unavoidable. Well, the channels have changed too, right? Like there's, it was radio. Yes. was how you used to find, or your friends. Now nobody listens to the radio anymore, right? Just kidding. Yeah. Uh, But well, as far as a channel goes for new music, it's general uh, commercial terrestrial radio. Right. You're not going to hear a lot of new music that isn't from the recording industry, what they want you to hear. Right. Um, so I think on WPRK, you hear a lot of new music. That's where I get a lot of my new music in terms of the new bands or something that I might want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it for me is, is you know, it's very intimidating right. to think that, okay, there's so many channels out there. And yeah, I could just sign up for Spotify, but am I signing up for the right one? Should I do Spotify versus Pandora? Mm-hmm. Should I find a site like A-Tracks, which does more human curated stuff? Versus an algorithm where I just put in the band that I like and then it's telling me yeah. what to listen to. And that's basically two steps away from Skynet and killing <laughs> us all. And so that's how my mind works. 
but yeah, it's, but there's so many different channels and there's so many, because of the distribution has completely changed. Yeah. There's so many new bands. Right. Like, and I feel like I'm a little bit of a hoarder in the first place. A so music hoarder? Just a hoarder in general. Oh, but okay. yeah, it could apply to music as well, mm-hmm. because then if I start listening to a bunch of stuff, then I'm going to want to buy all that stuff. Right. Because I don't like to steal stuff. I like to buy it. That's good. And then I'd be broke. Sure. Sure. Yeah. It is overwhelming with the new artists and just, it, I find it challenging to keep on top of the bands that I already do like and am invested in. Oh, they have a new album. I got to listen to that. I got to know it well. And um, then learning about new music on top of that can be pretty overwhelming. And it's just, it's not even just the new music too. It's just, you know, feeling like you're staying on top of all things pop culture and like, you know, have you been watching this show? Did you see that movie? And music is just one of those things wrapped into that. Yeah. How can you effectively be a snob if there's so much stuff out there? I know. I know. So much entertainment. Uh, I'm just going to pretend that I know. Like people mention stuff and I'm like, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Their second album was so much better. Exactly. Their first album. Their second album is going to be so much better. Of course. That's what I meant. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's where I'm going. Yeah. So it's just, it's just a lot of things to keep up with in general. All right. So let's play a couple of songs from two of those bands. uh, Because I couldn't find any Green Day songs off my collection that didn't have a lot of swear words. So we're going to do Dashboard Confessional, Long Goodnight, Ember Springsteen, Dead Men Walking. Uh, anything you want to say about either one of these songs? Or no, enjoy. one of those artists. All right, enjoy on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. Bruce Springsteen on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was Dead Man Walking from the movie of the same name. And to start us off was actually not Dashboard Confessional at all. I have a confession that was not Dashboard Confessional. Well done. So either mislabeled in my music library or I can't read. (laughs) No, I didn't recognize it. I thought you must have found a really deep cut. And I was like, all right, let's hear it. And you're listening to a certain degree. The reason we were trying to play Dashboard Confessional is my guest here, Haley Bischoff. We were talking about music, music that has inspired her, music that's important to her. And Dashboard Confessional was one of the bands she named, yes. along with Bruce Springsteen and Green Day. And I got one of three. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that's not bad. That's not bad. No, it's about uh, as well as I did on the pop culture quiz. So we're doing good. <laughs> we're really batting in the 50%. teens here. Yeah. Yeah. Good. So we do this every week, or I do this every week, uh, to a certain degree.com. If you'd like to hear past shows, I have a special guest every week. And Haley is here from the publishing industry at Bonnier Corporation. Yep. You are a former coworker of mine mm-hmm. uh, in the ad agency world. Yes. And I didn't even realize it. We are uh, schoolmates. Yeah. Just in different eras, basically. basically. Uh, so actually, you went to UCF after I went to UCF, and you went to Rollins before I went to Rollins. Yeah. Because you did everything like right in a row. Pretty right in a row. After I graduated UCF, it was like about a year before I enrolled at Rollins. So why did you decide, well, first of all, so you went to UCF right out of high school? Uh, yeah. Okay. And you did add PR. Mm-hmm. Why did you decide add PR? I was one of those weird people that knew they wanted to go into advertising at a young age. How, how young? Um, like, I were just, you 12 years old going, oh man, look at this toy. I really could have done a better job with the packaging. Yeah. It was more like having a weird appreciation for commercials and liking the art of it. And I, throughout high school, was like, I'm going to go into advertising. I don't know what you guys are going to do. but um, That and does sound like something you would say. Exactly. I yeah. was like, I already You're know what smug. I'm going to do. Um, and, you know, most high schoolers have their career planned out. So 
went to UCF. I went to orientation, like my ad PR major. This is what I want to be. And they're like, yeah, you might want to start looking at other majors because about 40 people a semester get in. And I was like, oh, okay, I better get in then. And I did. So that's kind of how I started my coursework, just knowing I had to take it seriously right out, right out, right out of the gate. Mm-hmm. So ad PR and I minored in marketing. And that's, that's what I did at college, at undergrad. So graduated, went out there for a year. Were you working in the agency world at that point? or? Yes. Yeah, so I graduated in 2006 from um, UCF and I got my first job at an ad agency, Push. And I remember starting on a Monday and graduating that same Friday. Oh, wow. So immediately right out of college. And um, yeah, so I worked at an ad agency, at the ad agency for about a year, then went to publishing at Golf Week, Turnstile. And it was then that I decided I wanted to get my MBA. So that's not the usual path for somebody is to do their master's degree quite that quickly. Why did you decide to you know, you know what, I need this. Was it a credential that you thought you needed career-wise or was it something you felt like I'm missing out on some sort of training? It was something that I knew I wanted to do, but, you know, first job being at an ad agency, it just literally wasn't possible. Mm -hmm. It was just really crazy hours. I would not be able to, you know, be able to go to school two days a week from 6.30 to 9.30, I think it was, in that kind of environment. So once I was out of it, I was like, okay, I have a little bit more time. I, I can do this. And I was working with people who went to the Crummer program who had either graduated or were currently in it and spoke very highly of it. And the like, Crummer yeah. Graduate School of Business yep. at Rollins. Yep. Yep. And I was like, yeah, I want to go for it. So I did. Nice. Yep. Uh, and you graduated with a marketing sort of uh, concentration, concentration. Yes. Uh, from that as well. So what was one of the more, if you talk about UCF and Rollins, what was maybe one of the more impactful things that happened in both places? Well, the ad PR program, I just can't say enough good things about it at UCF. It was just really strong and um, just learned a lot about what I'd be in for in that kind of world. And Rollins was, you know, equally, but in a completely different way, an amazing learning experience in that, you know, you graduate college and you're ready to take on the world and you have this idea of what makes a really great employee. You answer your emails as fast as you possibly can. You're thorough. You're, you value conscientious, conscientiousness above all else. And then at the Crummer program, you realize, oh, you're a small piece of this great puzzle and just kind of having that perspective of all the ins and outs of what makes a company successful, what people and companies are struggling with um, at the corporate level and knowing how to kind of look at the bigger picture and address problems and also cater your own piece of the puzzle with all of that in mind. So I would say that was the most impactful thing that I overall got out of the Rollins program. That and learning how to use Microsoft Excel like crazy. That was helpful. So you pivot tabled it up. Oh, yes. Nice. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. Well, it was funny, too, because I, I think one of the things that I eventually got out of it was you, typically in a graduate program, you're, it's going to be cohort based. You can have the same people uh, from week to week and yep. class to class. And then within the MBA program, it's team based. Mm-hmm. So you have a team that you're doing. You do some individual stuff, but you do a lot of team based stuff. Yes. 
And what's interesting about that is it's sort of a real world application. Like in the real world, typically you're going to yep. be working with a team mm -hmm. and you're going to have to figure out how to work with people and the dynamics and the behaviors. And, Absolutely. Uh, and I think that was something that, that was tough for me at first because I like being able to only have to rely on myself. Mm -hmm. And so it was tough for me. And I wish I had embraced that a lot earlier on in the process because I feel like I could have learned even more. Yeah. Um, but not only with my team, I think you get very focused. I don't know if this was your experience as well on your team, but sort of expanding that out to the entire class. Yes. Like I didn't really get to know people until the last two semesters, mm. essentially. Like we went on our international trip and we got back and I, you know, made an effort to hang out with them. Yeah. More. Where'd you go? Uh, we went to Prague. Oh, nice. Where'd you go? We went to Mexico City. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what was your experience in terms of the team cohort sort of thing? So I really lucked out with my team. I ended up inadvertently meeting my husband through a teammate that um, I was with at Rollins. One of my, you know, they're two of my best friends to this day. At first, the team, we had the largest team in the class. It was like seven people. And then over time, you know, it's not, it's not for the faint of heart. It's not for everybody. We ended up with four people by the end of the program. And oh, wow. yeah, by the time we were down to that core team, we were just firing on all cylinders. It was a really good match in terms of personality, in terms of skill set. We all had our role. We knew how to work great with one another. And it was just ended up being the best experience I could have asked for. Nice. Yeah. So you had a positive experience there. Have you found, or let me ask you this. Okay. 18 year old you, 23 three-year-old you when yeah. you to the MBA program. If you could go back in time and give yourself some advice, like if you're talking to an 18-year-old right now that's coming out of high school and somebody who is, you know, a year or two out of uh, college, what advice would you give them? What would you have done a little bit differently? What would I have done differently? Looking back, I really can't say that, like, you know, I, I have no regrets for sure. But I think I might have moved and went to a different city for a while and maybe can't come back. And I know it would kind of change the entire course of my life. So that's why I can't. Oh, sure. Yeah. 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 Regardless of that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm very happy, you know, in my current situation. And I know had I done a move like that, then I wouldn't likely be in the exact situation I am. So certainly, certainly no regrets. But I think that was an experience that I could have really benefited from just getting out of the area and either working in New York or another major market just for the life experience, really. And the perspective. Mm -hmm. Do you find that, do you say that because of the experience that you had as part of the MBA program going to Mexico City? Or do you think just in general, like, I wish I'd taken a gap year or I wish I'd taken more time to maybe study abroad? Yeah, yeah, that for sure. Definitely, I would have, that, that's a good point. I could have studied abroad in undergraduate and then my life would probably be somewhat the same. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a matter of, you know, I went right out of college that same week to a full-time job. I've mm -hmm. left that and, you know, the Rollins program kept me in Winter Park the entire course of the, you know, um, program, you know, got married and good job. So now I'm like firmly here. So I think if, um, you know, I would have took a little time before right. that just to break out a little bit, just to expand the horizons, because I've essentially lived in Orlando for a really long time. And then before that, South Florida, it's somewhat of a bubble and just for personal growth reasons, would have liked to experience, 
just living somewhere else. Right. So what I'm getting is if you were to give advice to someone uh, a little bit younger in college is go out while well, you have the opportunity to have those experiences. Yes. Uh, or else, you know, you're going to feel trapped later on in life. I don't and feel trapped. really angry at everyone <laughs> and, and everything really around you. And really resentful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. That's what I'm getting. That's <laughs> what I'm getting. reading between the lines here sure. a little bit. Yeah, does that make sense? Do you think you'd ever want to go on and do something else? Uh, like in terms of a PhD, I know they're doing over at Crummer now the... Um, uh, the executive doctorate. The doctorate, program. yeah. I look. I looked into that because was such a big fan of all my education experiences, and why not continue it? If I have the kind of time and money one day, um, I would certainly consider it. But it's not in the immediate cards right now. My big, not my big goal, but what I want to do first is at least go back and audit a class. I still haven't done that. Okay. So I want to, you know do that in the somewhat near future. Like so I've been saying I'm going to do for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. go back and still that continuing education component of mm -hmm. your life and of, uh, you know, everything. Just learning. Is it, oh, well, let me ask you this then. Is it specific to something you want to learn in regards to work or is it something more like um, uh, for self-improvement and more professional self, development? More for self-improvement. And I think that's kind of, you know, if, if something comes up where it's like, oh, I really want to learn more about that. That's kind of what I've been waiting to be the driving force behind me auditing a class or actually looking more seriously into continuing education. Mm -hmm. I think if I do it, you know, and I get around to it, it's because I just want to learn more and I don't know what. But unless something comes up where I'm really compelled for one reason or another to learn about a specific thing, then, you know, that that would be what pushes me to do it, I think. Great. Yeah. All right, so we're going to play one more song, but real quick, since I have you here, ad agency background, you like rhyming. Love it. And you have a kid. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to pitch you some stuff. Like, I'm trying to come up with some new phrases for, you know, helping parents help their kids. Okay. Right? Okay, so this is from my own experience. Uh, so just some little rhymes that you can help remember what to do. Uh, like, for example, wash your hands before you eat because you may have touched your feet. Yeah, that's or something near your feet, like a shoe or a chair, or maybe you thought about touching your. Please wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, that's a okay. good one. So that's one, uh, and these are just like little things you can use, little mnemonic devices to help. Yeah, you. Trust appreciate me, it. Trust me when I say I'm right. The people on YouTube are not that bright. Oh, that's good. Also, please wash your hands. Yeah, yeah, and stop. That's the thing. Yeah, eating your feet. Uh, no, we're not playing music in your music in the car. Go wash your hands right now and don't wave your feet at me. I have like a feet thing. Yeah. 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 I don't know. It's they're really gross. Dirty hands, apparently. Oh my God. They're always dirty. Yeah. That's, and kids I guess never wash their hands. You can use those wipes. That's what I do. But I guess once they're not babies, it's more challenging to oh, control that. Wipes. I, I feel like the wipes just spread the dirt around. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Okay. So let's end it on that note. Yeah. Dirty feet. <laughs> dirty feet. Sounds good. Uh, we're going to play one more song. How about Shet Faker doing a cover of Black Street's No Diggity? Oh, that sounds great. Okay. We'll do that on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You've been listening to a certain degree. My name is Nick. That was Haley. We're going to continue to be those people. Yeah. Thanks for listening. <laughs>